When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I'm Spencer Toon. I'm Keith McGuffey. And I'm Mike Templeton. And this week we're covering episodes one, two, and three of season three of the 1987 cartoon. We did it, guys. We're here. We can begin we're, the climb. We're like 7% of the way through this season. And you know, <laughs> and you know what? I'm going to say off the top, pretty strong start to the season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I feel like arousing I'm... silence. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna yeah. have I'm gonna have a lot of uh, second time around and uh, I don't know. you know yeah yeah I feel, turtles. I feel like we just uh, finally you know flew the plane across the ocean, drove up and met our Sherpa. And now we're at the foot of Everest. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it is it is an interesting climb from here, but. Like I said, it, it is a really strong start to the season. Um, it was 1989 is when the season started. Mm-hmm. So I was all of three going on four. <laughs> yeah, I was one. And what? I'm a year away from having a sister. So there you go. I don't even think my parents had thought about having me at this point. <laughs> Actually, no, I lied. I was four already. So there you go. Ah. I was prime turtle time. So we got what? We got a uh, Beneath These Streets, Turtles on Trial, and Attack, and attack of the 50-Foot 50 50 Irma. Irma. Yeah. Which two of them, two of the our three episodes, are Michael Reeves joints. That's yeah. right. Yes. So... That's, that's how we knew we're getting good episodes right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> all right, then I'll tell you yes. all about mine. Yes, uh, you should tell us a story then, Spence. All right, let me tell you a story. Perhaps I can best explain. The story of my young friends and I is really the story of a man named Hamato Yoshi. So I have episode number one, Beneath These Streets, written by the one and only Michael Reeves. Released in October 19th of 1989. So our story opens with the turtles are being lazy and vegging out and watching TV and losing their edge because they believe to have defeated Krang and Shredder. Splinter whips them into shape, makes them start exercising and getting out and going on patrol. Meanwhile, Shredder and Krang are underground in the Technodrome but can't bring it to the surface due to a lack of power because some things are broken. Krang sends Shredder to the surface to get a meta laser to heal the Technodrome's protein power supply thing. 
it's brain, right? It's like a protein silicon brain. Yeah, it's a protein yeah. silicon brain. Yeah, there which we go. is, yeah, we'll talk about that. It's it's interesting. Uh, anyway, it, it, no, you have to say it has an owie. It has an owie. Yes, <laughs> it has an owie. And uh, so he sends Shredder to go get a Medi laser to heal it. They uh, feel terrible for having gone and seen a movie. And so they decide they need to get Laser back to heal him. Shredder has to now return to get the part because he realizes it's missing because they can't aim it at what they need to shoot. April uh, has was the one that picked up the component and she shows the turtles. So now they know they have it and they know that Shredder has to come back to get it. So they are on the lookout for Shredder and Raphael spots Beop and Rocksteady rampaging, so the turtles show up to fight. Beop and Rocksteady run away while Shredder watches from the shadow and then follows them home, or at least begins to follow them. The turtles uh, notice Shredder and fight and defeat him. They get the Medi laser, but it was damaged and they can't get it to work. But luckily, a new one has just finished being built. So now both the Shredder and the turtles are going for the Medi laser, but shredder gets there first the turtles then chase him down and defeat him one last time and return to the lair with the new laser and heel splinter the end bravo so um either my cat is a genius or like there's some super coincidence happening so we talked about the technodrome having a silicon brain my cat has found like a stress ball shaped like a brain and is actively giving it an owie (laughs) it's just like knocking it all over the floor in a completely distracting manner. It's fantastic. Having a good time. Genius. You love to see it. This is obviously yeah. meant to be. This is supposed to happen. The fates have aligned. <laughs> All right. So I'm up next with Turtles on Trial. This originally aired September 26, 1989. And this is another Michael Reeves venture. So the Turtles are the target of bad public. So the Turtles are the target of bad publicity thanks to Clayton Kellerman, the host of the TV show On Trial. The Turtles agree to appear on his show to clear their name. Now, they're worried about appearing in person, so they'll be remote from the Channel 6 basement. Um, also, in this first act, uh, April gets the Turtles these giant creepy baby masks, and uh, they wear those as disguises to go eat pizza at the pizza parlor. Now, meanwhile, Krang is upset with Shredder for not procuring any solar benite and that's the chemical needed to cool the technodrome while it's at the center of the earth Crank hears the turtles are going to be on the on trial tv show that night and comes comes up with a plan to steal a secret military weapon from the same warehouse where the solar benite is stored and use that weapon to destroy the turtles so it's a it's a two birds for one stone thing for him he gets both the solar benite and he gets to crush the turtles now, even though the turtles are on their way to the on-trial show, uh, Krang brings Bebop, Rocksteady, and Shredder up with him to distract the turtles by attacking the museum. The turtles fight the three bad guys while Krang steals a solar benite and a giant robot. From the outside, while they're fighting, it looks like the turtles are actually attacking the museum, which means big, big ratings for the on-trial show. Shredder captures April and is about to kill the turtles, but Krang's ego gets in the way. He interrupts the whole thing on the communicator, saying he would like to kill the turtles himself on national television. 
Clayton Kellerman's life is threatened in the ensuing fight, but the turtles save him and defeat Krang's giant robot. Kellerman says, even though the turtles have saved his life, he has to maintain his reputation as a wanton television jackass. So the turtles don't even get any good press out of the ordeal. The end. Nice. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> nice on the inclusion of the theme song. I you know I was, I, I wrote smooth. it. I like I <laughs> I got I like I got to that point and I was like I'm gonna throw it in. That was funny. It yeah. was. It was I don't clever. Myself on the back for that joke. I just didn't want to interrupt you in your. I appreciate it. <laughs> in your synopsis, because there's nothing worse than you know finding back where you left off. <laughs> <laughs> So guys, uh, while we were doing this, I looked up both of these writers, Michael Reeves and Roby Gordon, and they're both Emmy award-winning writers for television shows. Uh, oh. Michael Reeves got his for Batman the Animated Series and Roby Gordon for Hollywood Squares. Huh. There you go. Yeah. Mm. They both look very accomplished. They, they have quite the long list of So according to, Tur- according to Turtlepedia, Roby Gordon's only written two episodes. What's the uh, other one? Uh, Turtle Maniac, which oh, is uh, episode four, or sorry, season four, episode seven. Okay. So they don't get much uh, Emmy Award winning Roby Gorin, but Michael Reeves, we know that name in this house. We do. <laughs> yeah, he obviously was, uh, you know, ironing out the, the wrinkles here before going on Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> <laughs> man what a transference of skills yeah. <laughs> well you want to jump right into our second time around let's do it hey nice junk i did think like even though it's campier the the color scheme seems much darker to me maybe it was just how i was watching it but like the turtles are almost like a grayish color in this versus like the first season where they're nice and bright and everything well, th- um, this was also this is also a different animation studio than yeah. um, than the other two episodes in this in, in this uh, trilogy that we watched, um, <laughs> and and what was really interesting is I can't find the name of the studio. It wasn't in the credits, hmm. um, like like they had previously been, and it's like that in the other two episodes too. Yeah, it definitely looks different than what i was seeing before and they definitely look more like even more so like the the more like chubby retro Mm. look that we have now that's like on all the retro art on t-shirts and things yeah yeah definitely i do like that we get a nice uh, reversing of the polarity it's a classic 80s cartoon trope although i'm concerned that we have a gun that's capable of healing someone's brain or putting them in a coma. Yeah. Depending on where the, the, yeah, the giant lever on top shot. is positioned. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was going to bring um, that up in anchovies. It is, why on earth would you make it possible that your healing laser could also just, you could flip a switch and it is now a death laser. Yeah. laser. Like, yeah. I created I really this thing Because to heal reversing people. the polarity. This is a thing in 80s cartoons. Anytime you ver- reverse the polarity, whatever you invented does the exact opposite yep. yeah but like they could at least make it so that like shorter like switched some wires you know the fact that it's a built-in nope. lever it's it's on the, the healing laser that's just <laughs> you can't reverse the polarity by switching by messing with wires it's got to be a switch yeah <laughs> it's gotta be uh, the... it's gotta be something that you pull out and 
like reverse and put back in. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it's it's those are the only two options. <laughs> Otherwise, you're building a new they, machine. They could at least make it look like it wasn't intended to be able to reverse the polarity and yeah. kill someone yeah. with the healing ray. <laughs> It's almost like they built a gun to put someone in a coma and then accidentally made a healing gun afterwards yeah, exactly. by reversing the polarity. <laughs> they they only they only made it heal people so that it could get FDA approval. Right. Exactly. <laughs> the re, yeah, the real reason was because they wanted it to be a death ray. Um this episode was the uh introduction of the mutant modules, the transport modules. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Uh-huh. I mean, they didn't need them before this episode because they were never in a position where they could drill like that. Yeah, that Cree sense. explains it at the beginning of the episode. Hmm. He's just like, "There's these are pneumatic tubes that'll send you up to the top." I repurposed the turbo jets or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like which which was it's it's really kind of ingenious. Um, and I guess I had forgotten that they went up tubes like that. Like they had to be launched out of the the Technodrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of, is the Technodrome organic? Because we know it has a brain. We know it has an eye on the top. I is it possible like... that, like, you know the brood from X-Men? How they, like, hollow yeah. out their space whales? Did Krang do that to some sort of Dimension X creature? I Because mean, that's the story I, I want to read. Or they transferred a brain of a giant Dimension X-like creature and left its eyeball on it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, right. Just cool. transferred you know, it into I just, the Technodrome. I just watched uh, Godzilla versus Kong, and <laughs> that's kind of how that works. I'm going to be watching that tomorrow. Oh, that's, that's on my list tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah, you guys, I'll, I won't spoil it for you. I've got to deal with it. I, my wife agreed to watch that like three months ago, and like every day for the last two months, I've been like, "Hey, don't forget, we're going to be watching King Kong versus Godzilla sometime." So, oh, we tomorrow's the day. My wife, no, my wife and I, mean, I are huge, huge Godzilla fans. Like all, all three movies so far we watched in theaters, um, mm-hmm. and we were super excited for this one. Yeah, no, I mean the second I saw just Godzilla, I'm not Godzilla, but King Kong just punching Godzilla in the face, I was like, "All right, sign me up, I'm in." <laughs> Oh yeah, but uh, going going back on topic, uh, that kind of brain controlling the robot thing, like that is a cool story. It's just this is also the only time we ever see the proton silic the protein silicon brain. Yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. that kind of just goes nowhere. Um, and you, I mean, you're you're kind of right. Like the the Technodrome, like at least on the toy, the eyeball on that had like veins in it. Yeah, that's true. So I don't I'm, I don't think the eye on the cartoon Technodrome has that detail. Someone get out there on a fanfic.com and make <laughs> my dreams come true. Well, I mean, it would just it would just be interesting to like if the if the Technodrome had that aspect of it. If it wasn't just a big rolling tank, and like was actually alive that's a cool twist that they've i don't think they've ever done in, in turtles yeah I, I don't i don't think so but, i don't think uh, it'll ever happen but who knows like how like how awesome would it be if krang hooked himself up to the technodrome for you know just just for giggles that'd be kind of cool Predators like give me more foot soldiers i always they're all they're constantly being made they're constantly being yeah. put out but like krang is so stingy with them. He's, he's like, you can only have two. Like, you have to be able to make these in like massive quantities. 
We only get two in this episode, and they do nothing. They die immediately. But yeah. I'm like, Krang is like me with like bunch of crunch at the movie theater. Like <laughs> I, I bought it to share with my wife, but she's only really getting four or five pieces. You know, no, it's 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 like when you have potions in a video game. You have 99 by the end of the game because you wound up saving them all. Yeah, never using them. Um, I the way I interpreted that was more like they don't have the power to make more. So that's why he wouldn't send more. I don't know. But that, that was me being more that was me being more meta than the cartoon probably was. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but this was also the first appearance of the of the new turtle costume like disguise with the beanie, the mittens and the padded jacket. So, before before we get the baby masks in the next episode. Right. Yeah. We also almost get a yabba dabba do, and we had a yabba dabba do last week. So let's see if we can keep going, like keep that going in the next week, right? Yeah. Uh, you know what was um, what was interesting is so far, like in these three episodes, they use the cheapskates a lot. Yeah, yeah. I noticed that. Which kind of makes sense, like it, it incentivizes you to buy four of the same toy, right? Yeah, I guess I guess I didn't realize cause I I never had a cheapskate. My cousin did. And uh, I guess I just never realized like how popular those were because like sitting on like the Ninja Troll groups on Facebook and stuff, like a lot of people talk about the cheapskates like more than I expected. Yeah. I don't think I ever even saw one when I was a kid, um, but I had the van and I didn't drive it off a bridge maybe. So <laughs> I could just use that. Yeah. Yeah. I've, uh, I've never seen them except for, you know, pictures from collectors. So. I think I wound up stealing my cousins at some point. I don't remember. You don't remember, but also you have it in the box in the garage. <laughs> I probably no. I wish I did. I don't have any. I don't have any turtle stuff mint, other than like new stuff that I just haven't opened yet. Mm-hmm. But uh, turtles on trial. So this episode was also the first appearance of Krang's Bubble Walker. Yes. And I, I had that toy when I was a kid. I didn't have his giant robot, but I had Yeah, I never had his giant robot, but I had the bubble walker, which I think is a cooler I think it is way cooler than the than the robot. Well, yeah, it, it doesn't feature any any giant diapers or anything. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is not yeah. a bad design. It's kind of cool. Yeah. The uh it, it took me a second, like, because I didn't realize, like, Krang, when he was looking for a weapon to go take out the turtles himself, um, I didn't realize he was going through, like, the army's, like, catalog. Like, I, I was like, why do all these, like, why does Krang have all these, like, military-esque designs, like, with, like, army stars on them? I'm like, that's not, some, that's not a Dimension X design. It's not a Krang thing. And then I was like, oh, I'm stupid. <laughs> um. But I did like that the that the tank he eventually like steals looks like the Ed two hundred nine from RoboCop. Yes, <laughs> I was like, that was a cool reference. Yeah, it also it, uh, I know I've plugged this video game a lot, but in Rescue Palooza, that's the final fight with Krang, isn't that giant? Oh, uh, is it that giant? I'm, robot. St- I'm still going through Rescue Palooza. I'm, I'm having fun in it. Good, 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 cool. Yeah, I I don't know. Is is the guy that owns a uh, trial on trial? Well, the, the yeah, the guy that does on trial. 
that's the name of the show. I forget the mm-hmm. guy's name. That's supposed to be like a reference to like a real life show or like a, a real life person. So, yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, in the 80s, uh, there was a TV show host called uh, named Morton Downey Jr. Mm. And his ho- he was the host of a show called The Morton Downey Jr. Show. And think of like Jerry Springer. Okay. But way worse. Yeah, I, I thought it was supposed to be Jerry Springer, but apparently this came beforehand and was like really, really true. Like he, like Kellerman looks like, uh, looks like Mar- Morton Downey Jr. Hmm. Like, <laughs> it's pretty, like, if it was by accident, it's a hell of an accident. <laughs> but it's, um, but yeah, it was it was a super trashy show. Um, I've I didn't I mean obviously I didn't watch it when I was younger. I was four, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's it's one of those references like we don't get, but maybe like our parents would, like much much later. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we already brought it up, but this is the first episode where they get the creepy baby masks. The creepy things. baby masks. Which are being which are going to be released in action figure form soon, which I can't wait. I like that even the turtles are like, wow, these are awful. <laughs> they seem I reluctant think, to wear them themselves. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the way they freaked out when they put them on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then like what got me was when like they go and like Michelangelo eats pizza in it and he has to like pull it down. And the visceral reaction I had because it came flooding back to me that rubber pulling sound like it's it's ingrained in my brain because of this because of this show like and and like when you when you hear it especially as much as i did when i when i was younger like it's in your head and like when it when i heard it again for the first time in a long time i was like oh like chills goosebumps yeah some deep see the trauma that we need to it's just it's one of those things it's like i hate that sound oh yeah it's not it's not it's not quite nails on a chalkboard but it's like it's one of those like i really don't like that sound and then like it's the first time you've heard that sound in years because it's always like it's always the same rubber pulling sound in, in cartoons and just mm-hmm. i remember hearing it so often in this show <laughs> they're very disturbing costumes oh yeah <laughs> I did notice uh, back when we read Tales of the TMNT issue three, which is the oh the King of Thieves, All Hallows Thieves issue. At the end, like Donatello throws his bow staff mm. and trips those guys from like fifty feet away, and he does that in this episode. He does it in this one. I was real excited to see that. Yeah. Legendary move it will always be used from now on. I thought it was kind of cute that Michelangelo had stage fright. Yeah, like uh, kind of humanizes them. It's a it's a personality trait. Like the party guy of the group wouldn't necessarily, you know, you wouldn't mm-hmm. think he would have. I think uh, what, I think what's weird is also like Michelangelo's like the party dude. It's just like everyone calls him the party dude. He's more just a chill guy. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's kind of one of those things that I'm kind of like. I guess I'm kind of tired of like the turtles' personalities always being described as what they used in that '87 theme song. Yeah. You know, like, oh, the party dude. And it's like, he's kind of become way more than the party dude at this point. Like, that just doesn't feel super accurate anymore. 
Well, yeah. even in this show, like they hasn't thrown a single party. I don't think until uh, Fifty Foot Irma. He's until starting Fifty to Foot throw Irma a birthday party. Yeah. yeah, man, you want to talk about turtles having you know newer personalities? Rise, man. Anyway, <laughs> Attack of the Fifty Foot Irma. Uh, yeah. So this one uh, apparently is the first time that Michelangelo does not use his nunchucks. Huh. Okay. I guess, yeah, at the end, he throws like a pipe or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. And then they have like the ropes, but like he doesn't have, he doesn't have like the grappling hook that he gets like later on. Mm-hmm. But this is like the first time he doesn't use his nunchucks when they fight. Interesting. I didn't even notice. It's one of those things is like everybody gets so mad that, oh, Michelangelo doesn't use his weapons. Oh, the turtles didn't use their weapons in Secret of the Ooze. You don't notice it until you're looking for it. Yeah. Until someone else tells you like it's there. Then you're like, oh, I guess. Yeah. But at the same time, I I, I don't know. I like it when they use their weapons. I mean, I I do too. When they don't. (laughs) I do too. But it's like in in the cartoon, like especially this cartoon, like, they're kind of just bad at fighting. Like, like the fights are never interesting. Yeah. In the, in this cartoon. Yeah. So it's like using their weapons is also kind of like it's not really that important because they suck at using them. Yeah. I mean, if they do have their weapons, they're going to chop off the cap of a fire hydrant and spray them. Or they're going like, to throw yep. it immediately. Yeah. yeah. Throw it definitely. Like okay, which Raphael does, and he like he throws his size to pin down two wires that Irma knocks over, mm-hmm. and it's like okay, that's cool and inspired, and that's using your weapons specifically. Yeah. But like Donatello in the last episode, throwing his bow staff fifty feet. Yeah, it, uh, they definitely use their weapons just to stop people in in cartoony ways. You know, if they yeah. do use them, you know, Leo chops a a rope that sends barrels rolling into him. Uh, they're, they're never really yeah. like they never use their weapons in in any way so it's like it kind of doesn't matter that they don't use their weapons yeah but i've also like i can't believe i've been on this planet as long as i have been i've never seen like that many barrels stacked like that and tied up with ropes <laughs> if i ever do like i'm cutting it i'm cutting <laughs> that rope you know i, I want to see it happen you know <laughs> Just right before you do it, just shout, Turtles fight with honor. Yeah. Turtles fight with honor. Yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to Every, read. Yeah, the everyone's just going to be looking at you day. like, what the hell is up with yeah. this guy? <laughs> Crazy man unleashes barrels on unsuspecting crowds. Yeah, what a weirdo. <laughs> the other thing that that always makes me think of is like Jar Jar Binks when he lets all those blue balls go. And oh, yeah. In the Phantom Menace, that's the other thing that I think of whenever I think of the barrels being chopped and tumbling down or whatever being tumbling out. It's the same gag. It's the same yep. gag. It's the same one. Uh, I, I noticed in this episode, it starts with the turtles sleeping, but they're all sleeping in like their masks and, and pads and, and weapons. Stuff, but like, and yeah, weapons. And, Leonardo and, has his jumps out of bed <laughs> and has his swords attached. Right. You're saying you guys don't sleep with weapons? I mean, not on my back, but I sleep with, you know, my bat under my pillow. Right. I got the gun <laughs> under my pillow. Yeah. Oh, I've got like my. I live in Southern California. Just, it's dangerous. You know. <laughs> I I keep a cannonball under the mattress, and a gun under my pillow. There you go. <laughs> but, my pillow. but in way back, 
season one, Enter the Shredder, they slept without their masks. And I always thought that was the coolest thing to see them without their masks. And I was upset to yeah. not see it this time. It, it, it was it was a little weird. Um, I don't remember them in the earlier episode having the four layer b- bunk bed. They do. Was that yeah, in the, sure was that do. in the last time we saw them? Yeah, it was okay. like the second episode we see it, and it's like in one of the sewer tunnel kind of parks. Gotcha. It's a four story uh, uh bed there. What was really what was really weird was. Michelangelo setting up Ir- like the birthday party for Irma in their bedroom. Yeah. And and not inviting Irma. Like, okay, like I get not inviting <laughs> Irma because like that was April's job. Like they can't they I mean obviously they can because they were just on TV, but like uh they can't like just go up to Irma and give her the invitation. It just made more sense for April to do it. I mean they just got human head masks too though. That's uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> but I think like I think it was it's just it's just weird that he was setting up her birthday in their bedroom when they have like the living room and the kitchen and like that's even yeah. why that's even where they wind up having the party. So it's like why did he set it up in their bedroom? It was yeah, really strange. And yeah, Spencer, you're right. Like, why can't they go up like like all right, we had to have these baby men were not recognized so let's go on tv but now we can't go talk to irma because we're turtles like it <laughs> just doesn't make any sense it's like all right can we just stick with like how are you guys living here is it in secret yeah. or is it publicly but, yeah. okay because i got a lot of that so do we want to jump into anchovies real quick i, w- I want to talk about a 50 foot irma yeah okay. because uh i think it's craig mentions that the ex of boron laser will will make someone six times the size they are now if 50 foot irma would be eight foot four before she grew six times her size so if you're looking at the uh, scale okay, so of the, the show the math, just, the math just doesn't check out right or we're watching a show full of giants because irma is the shortest character and she's eight foot four so that's 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 definitely true <laughs> Now, later on, Donatello mentions that she's only 30 foot tall, and that will make her five foot tall in real life, which is probably more accurate. But I like to think there, there's a giant. Well, remember, Amazon she was 10, she was 10 feet tall. She was 10 feet tall when she broke out of the Channel Six building, too. So, because it was she was really? 10 feet what tall when she crashed when she is. when she ran away from Vernon. Then she was 30 feet tall when they found her. Yeah, so 10 foot tall would be like a, a little over a foot and a half. So there wow. you go. I, I didn't even think about the math. I'm surprised I didn't even, you guys weren't there. I don't ever think about math anyway, so. <laughs> I do on occasion. I have to sometimes. You do as a hobby. All right. <laughs> All right, then. We'll get into anchovies. No anchovies. You put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? I can't let you know. So along with everything going silly, becoming like feeling like instantly like it's sillier, Be Up and Rocksteady seem extra incompetent. You know, it's getting to the point where it's like, why do these guys even exist anymore? <laughs> yeah, like it's yeah. it's just annoying now. Yeah. And it's like part mm-hmm. part of that is their charm. Like I get it. And that's that's why like Bebop and Rocksteady are two of my favorites from Turtles, but it's just there comes a point when they're not fun mm-hmm. being stupid all the time. And because there's so many episodes of them being stupid, it's just like the joke's just not funny all the time. Yeah. 
Oh, does I, he? I thought yeah, Slater handed it to him. Okay, no, he, his hand gets real close, but like I, I was watching Rock said he's handed. It looks like he grabs the grenades that he has on his shoulder that he never uses and he pulls <laughs> it off his belt. Okay. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. I, I, I caught that too. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, sometimes they're cool and like there's there's the part where um in i think it was turtles on trial where uh shredder tells him like hey you're gonna go do the things you're good at you know mayhem and like that was kind of cool just watching be up and rock steady you know just kind of mess things up just on their own yeah yeah but like i don't know i i really like what they've done with them in like the idw version in contrast to this Oh yeah, because like, like they're 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 dumb, but but they're but they're also a threat. But they're also a yeah. threat. Yeah, they're like, they're like forces of nature. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I even told you that because <laughs> like because <laughs> like I love I love how they are in other iterations. Like to hear like the Be Up and Rock City never feel like a threat to the turtles, either physically and definitely not mentally, but like in idw and even like the 2016 out of the shadows movie like they're threats to the turtles because they can physically match them yeah mm-hmm. i mean i'd say they physically outmatch the turtles as far as like their actual I mean. like sorry outmatch them um, yeah and it's like when they show up and like start to beat the crap out of the turtles like you know it's you know it's serious at that point mm-hmm. yeah. but, but, you, but is- you never feel it you never feel it because they're so dumb here yeah, but the other thing that I really liked that they did at the IDW series is Shredder doesn't create them, Karai does. And she right. does like a whole thing where people like have to fight one another in the last two standing, you know, the most two yeah. most competent essentially destruction are the ones that do it. But it's like Karai is young and naive. And that's something that a young naive person would do. It's like, oh yeah, last two people standing, you're the new mutants because you're obviously going to be the best for this you know she didn't actually like fully think it out unlike you know an older more competent shredder and so i really like that a lot that's also how i choose my best friend though i I took two very close (laughs) friends i locked them in a room i tossed a butter knife in there and i was like whoever comes out first you're you're the best right you're you're the friend yeah Yeah, so it just seems like a more like naive type thing to do and and Mm. so like it makes sense there but in this it just kind of adds to i don't know how how incompetent shredder himself is yeah yeah absolutely ultimately beneath these traits like i said it earlier this was the worst episode of the three um i just i hated it it was not it was not fun why is it called beneath these streets I didn't understand that. Yeah, like the ti- the episode title doesn't really make any sense. Um, I really didn't like that the turtles work like kind of so just, oh, let's go to the movies. Oh, you know, let's go get pizza, like and turned off their comms. Like I I I get it because like, oh, they're teenagers and they're being irresponsible and this is a lesson for them. But it's like mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's a lasting lesson that they're gonna remember always. Yeah. This is like a this is like a one episode story and then like it'll never come up again because the show always goes back to the status quo. Yeah. Well, and like I mean, the lesson is that what if Shredder attacked? Like so Splinter's like y'all are being lazy and he, he kicks all their asses, right? Oh, okay. No, go ahead. Sorry. I just yeah. remember I just remember the thing I hated 
okay, let me get through this first. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, so he, he kicks all their asses, and he's like, if that had been if that had been Shredder, you've been really, you know, you he would be much worse to you than I was. Yeah. But like, they were in their own house, like relaxing. It's like if your wife or a spouse or or brother or sister was like sitting on the couch next to you and then just threw acid in your face like it like you're totally unprepared no matter like it doesn't matter who comes in the room you're not ready for an attack <laughs> yeah so ridiculous uh so so splinter like when he comes in and is like oh you guys you're not practicing your katas i was like okay like they're trying to work in you know some japanese term- terminology yeah and then immediately afterwards hi sakajuia I know like, that too. Oh god. Yeah. I was like, oh, one step forward, ten steps backwards, guys. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. Another thing that that uh, bugged me was uh, we've already we've already seen essentially the idea that's behind this episode, like this trope, and I feel like it's going to come back again and again. The idea is Shredder injures one of the turtles' friends. They are slowly dying. The turtles then go have to get the thing from shredder to cure them and or you know at least they have to go get the thing anyway to cure them and they go get you know they at the end of the thing end up curing them you know so like oh, yeah. april like, got the plant the april plant episode yeah yeah april plant uh, you know shredder shoots splinter with the laser they go they get the laser and heal him yeah. like and it's it's just like all right we we've pretty much already seen this like there's some new details but this is the same story arc oh yeah i mean it's the same story arc but remember like the turtles in that episode weren't irresponsible and flippant and yes like like we we put a the turtles are flippant this time in there but that was no that that's it like it's just a a very common trope and they've already used it now twice in this series yeah if you don't like that or uh you know reversing the polarity like you're gonna have a hard time yep. <laughs> or uh the turtle suffering from bad publicity like that comes up all the time <laughs> so, yeah. yeah we'll get through it, we'll get through it together <laughs> it's just kind of i don't know it gets to the point where it's kind of like yeah i'm watching the same thing over and over again yeah. just with a few different details i didn't like that uh they they knocked the targeting module off of the medical laser like it, it is a like rifle design. Yeah, and because like, the targeting thing is gone, like it just shoots wildly everywhere. Like you can't yeah, hold like it. That still. felt that felt like they had to have a reason for it to go to go bad. Yeah, it just be like, the battery. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and then so they get it back to the technodrome. They give it to Krang, and like it starts shooting wildly everywhere because they don't have the targeting module. But it was still set to death ray because it shot like holes <laughs> on the wall. That's stuff. right. That's like, right. About ready to shoot it at the silicon brain, blow up yeah, the so whole like, damn technodrome. Not only, not only did Shredder hand him it, it still in death mode. Krang didn't double check it <laughs> to right. make yeah. sure. Um, yeah, that was that was really weird. Uh, and then immediately uh, when they go back to the surface, they bring it with them. Yeah, that was another thing I noticed. Is- <laughs> I was like, why did you just leave it with Crank? Why did you yeah. bring it back with you? And why did the turtles bring the, the aiming module thing? Like, why did they bring that with them? Why didn't they leave that back at the lair? Well, yeah. Like, why are you guys carrying what the other guy wants with you? Yeah. 
they lose all of that and then they just find another laser too. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It was as if it was as if they wrote the episode and they're like, oh crap, it's too short. We need to add some extra time on. And yeah, they're like, absolutely. it was busted. And so now there's a new one. Mm-hmm. And Shredder's gonna get that and they're gonna fight him again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Michael Reeves, if you're listening, please message us and tell us what were you were thinking. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm gonna call it. Yeah, I, yeah, you know, Turtles doesn't have the, yeah, yeah, Turtles doesn't have the luxury of like a Sailor Moon transformation to take up time, so they just have to like get halfway through the show and then go back to the start and then get to the end of the show. Yeah, you know, it just that just goes to say a magical girl transformation sequence improves any show. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. moving on to Turtles on Trial, my big thing with this episode was like, Bebop and Rocksteady are like, hey, can we go up to the surface with you, Krang? And Crane's like, no, 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 no. And then Shredder was like, hey, Bebop and Rocksteady, come up to the service with me. And I'm like, ah, do we have to? Like, yeah. What? Make up your mind. No, it just, goes to sh- it just goes to show they don't like hanging out with Shredder. Uh, that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, who would? Like in this Shredder. Yeah. In this episode. Not pleasant at all. Yeah. Well, and, and in this episode, they actually, they literally have a scene of him running away, screaming. Yeah. And he just throws even more temper tantrums. That's right. And he whines even more. It's like if you wanted to have like an even bigger, just bumbling idiot shredder that is just whiny and doesn't do anything, is just like Krang's little you servant. Puppet. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Like it... yeah. He, he's well, really lame. Just... <laughs> yeah. He, like he the shredder keeps... is just the worst. He keeps claiming that he's a ninja master. And I'm I'm skipping ahead here to to Fifty Foot Irma, but in that he's a ninja master, okay. In mm-hmm. that episode, he steals the exoboron in the in the opening scene and walks in front of a live stream yeah. television camera, like with his face, like and mm-hmm. looks at the camera and then turns away and walks away. He's absolutely incompetent. Yeah, like I. Like anybody who says like this is the best shredder, like you have to be saying it ironically, or, <laughs> yeah. or you like it specifically because he's so campy. Yeah, like <laughs> it's it's one or the other. Like you can't say this is a good. He's a good bad guy. He's a good cartoon bad guy, but like he's just so bad at everything. Yeah, yeah. And then like. Maybe- he he uh in in 50 foot irma when they're trying to break down the door to the planetarium uh bebop and rock city are ramming it with that like pillar and then shredder just walks up and punches the door (laughs) 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 he's like oh i'll do it myself and then punches the door down (laughs) ridiculous maybe Uh, it's like the sisyphusian like hellscape he's in yeah it's pushing this thing up weird. the hill but the turtles won't die and it just keeps happening yeah mm-hmm. you know maybe i just just got thinking maybe the shredder in hell comic because i haven't read it yet mm-hmm. but is it just him living in the 1987 series and it's just like an endless nightmare <laughs> yeah. where he can't do anything right <laughs> oh god i'm voiced maybe. by james avery ah! <laughs> uh god just so much so much and uh, okay, so Rocksteady so, uh, machete, which we saw was wood in another episode, mm-hmm. 
is metal here when he threatens Donatello with it. Oh, wow. It's like, I didn't notice that. Huh. Mm-hmm. Make up your mind, guys. I, and it's weird because like I like Turtles on Trial. Um, like it was it was ultimately a fun episode, but they're the cost like the human costumes were annoying and then it's like why do the turtles care if they clear their names or not like why why were they getting bad press in the first place like what it, made this clayton guy uh even consider them yeah like it's yeah. if like if clayton's whole thing is like oh he's uh he's a tabloid reporter like essentially like that's that's yeah. what I kind of got that vibe with it's like you know we this show doesn't decide like we're how many episodes in and the show doesn't decide whether or not like do the humans know about the turtles or not and it's like now they went on TV mm-hmm. and it's like at that point guys like I mean let's let's just drop all pretense like whenever anybody gets mad about like these turtles in turtles forever or the 2012 crossover and it's like how bumbling they are just show them these episodes yeah the yeah. evidence is here yeah like well, and when they go running out to go get pizza and then like both the 2003 and the 2012 turtles pull them back and they're like what are you guys doing they're like you know we're ninjas yeah so they get these weird old man baby head costumes and they go and they go and get pizza and then like the place gets robbed or a bank is robbed nearby or something and they, they immediately, immediately throw them off. the heads off yeah <laughs> yep. the first thing they do they don't even know which way they're running they just like rip the heads mm-hmm. off and keep going like time to go <laughs> yeah are they in disguise or are they not like yep. how how could they not make this like make that decision i don't, I don't get it it was just so weird. Yeah, well, then, like, people have, like, no problem accepting the turtles in this episode that they exist. But the second they mention, like, Shredder and Krang, that's ridiculous. You know, yeah, mutant like, turtles, Ninja and, Turtles, okay, and, and, that's okay. But a brain from Dimension X, you're lying, kid. And I rolled my yeah. eyes at that. And then, Raph, and then Raph does point that out. He's like, oh, he's like, you know, that's what you... I forget what he exactly what he says, but he's like, he, he makes a point. He's like, oh, that's the... that You draw the line of Dimension X? Mm-hmm. So like they knew that was a joke, but yeah, yeah. And then you also have like Irma fawning over the turtles, which is really weird because they're not just mutant ninja turtles; they're, they're teenagers. teenagers. But yeah, they're, they're underage. They're yeah. underage. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot that like that. Whole we thing. do we do get the we do get the moment where Donatello like they're trying to talk about it themselves. They're they're debating what they're going to say, and Donatello does say, you know. Like what? We're a bunch of teenage mutant ninja turtles. That's a little bit of an eye roll, but you know. yeah. Also, okay. So I thought it was weird. The so the the module. Uh, when we see it, uh, when they, when we see it escape, when we see them escape in it, um, like everybody always runs up to the hole that it digs, and then like lava comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, how would the lava come out? So like that. Well, and it's not until the third episode, the 50 foot Irma episode where they're finally like, whoa, what is all yeah. that lava about? But it's happened like four times it, already. Yeah. Cause we've yeah. seen it in the last two episodes. And I, I vaguely remember that there's one episode where they explain that like they send lava up after the module goes back down so that the turtles can't follow them. Okay. Like that makes sense, but it's like, I, where does it get the lava? Because the technical, yeah, I also is, had, 
Yeah, I had a very high fever. So yeah, it's it's just a you know there's there's just like a a lava compartment in the back of the in the back of the module, you know. So when they go down, it oh, just like, like, like shoots like, it like out. The, you know, like when yeah. they hit like oil slick on the Mach Five and Speed Racer. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got it. But it's liquid hot magma. It's liquid yeah. hot magma. Exactly. Just there you go. Whole yeah. sealed. I had that in my anchovies. They're just now concerned about the giant spurt of lava that comes. Yeah, because okay, so yeah, so okay, so attack a fifty foot Irma. (laughs) It spurts out, and they're all like, "Whoa!" It's like, did you guys not notice it the four times before? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Ridiculous. It's almost as if this episode was like supposed to come before the other ones, but then they had to like haul production on it. And so, Mm. (laughs) yeah, it's what it's again. It's like. There's like four or five teams and no one's like shouting across the hallway what's happening in the yeah. other episodes. Yeah. Because uh, like literally any one of these episodes, I mean, I guess I guess Beneath These Streets had to happen first because it's explaining that they're underground and that uh, they're not defeated. Yeah, like, the well, the only one that has to be first is Beneath These Streets because that's where they get the modules. Mm-hmm. But like... I feel like Turtles on Trial and Attack of Fifty oh, Foot okay. Irma could have been, uh, yeah. could have been, could have been either or, like third or second or third. Like you can swap these two episodes and it doesn't matter. Yeah, one hundred percent. But according according to Turtlepedia, the error date order is the correct. Like these were in production at the same time. So mm-hmm. Fifty Foot Irma is episode three. Um, Turtles on Trial is episode two. I also hated how much they brought up Irma's diet and like it was a little fat shamey. Not gonna lie, yeah. a little it, fat, a little I, too fat shamey for me. I forget if it's this one or another one, but like Vernon especially is a misogynistic ass. He's just like I mean, uh, when, when woman reporter. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was uh, it was this one. Uh, when he's like women reporters, when she has yeah. like powder, I don't have to care how much you have to powder your nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. Not a good message for the. For hey, the girls he, I mean, there. he's 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 an asshole. That's you know, he's this kind of character. Like, yeah. it's it's hard to like him when he's like that, and he's yeah. like it so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, going back to your math earlier, Keith. Um, okay. Irma cannot be fifty feet tall because okay. she's taller than the than the Channel Six building. How many floors is the Channel Six building? Uh, Turtlepedia listed as 150 feet tall. <laughs> okay. So there's no way that Irma can be 50 feet. So you're gonna have to redo your math. So uh, what, three. <laughs> she's like 24 foot tall, standard, and then she gets blown up to 150. Yeah, no, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. So get back to us by the end of the show. Yeah, with 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 your new math scale. Okay. Uh, let's see, 150. Over um, six. so 25 yeah. foot, 25 foot on her die if she's 150 <laughs> foot tall. Got there it. you go. Dang. Uh, I it was so dumb that the the news anchor that uh was reporting one, it was channel six, mm-hmm. two, this guy didn't recognize Irma, like Irma <laughs> sits at the front desk of the building. <laughs> That's true, yeah, <laughs> and he and he doesn't recognize her. Uh, the way the army is called immediately <laughs> to come deal with her, but like no uh, negotiation whatsoever. Yeah, the, yeah, it's kind of the thing though. Is like every single episode I've ever seen of someone growing to be a hundred tall feet tall, like it goes the exact same way as this one. 
yeah it like, goes like we've they're too before, big like, they accidentally clumsily break a few things the army shows up yeah like we, we've mentioned it before like how like this is gonna go heavy into like everything other other cartoons were doing at the time yeah so we've already seen this this kind of story um but yeah like it, it's just it was so annoying that like irma like she broke out of the channel six building walked like halfway across town and then was like oh i should go back to the channel six building yeah well then there's the whole thing of she like she won't take the pill you know unless and it's like this is what's gonna shrink you and you're yeah. seriously not gonna take you were it already yeah, you were already crying earlier that you're never gonna be normal again and it's like, like here's the pill well, she's still never going to be normal again because they put all the uh, all the ice cream into a giant cement mixer, and then she drank from the cement mixer. So well, she definitely I mean, remember, got a belly remember, full of. Remember, she said she always she'd always dreamt of that. I, yeah, but <laughs> the reality weird... of that is that now your belly is full of binding agent, but and yeah, then you shrink back down to a regular she dream, size. Does she dream explode. of drinking ice cream out of a cement mixer? That's that's a weird dream. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've had a couple of strange ones myself. It is um, Irma. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I that's the big thing, I guess, about this cartoon. And what what I guess when I when I feel like things are super cartoony, is what I mean. Is like when it just feels like characters and so many of the characters and like we're to the point where it's almost all of them just feel incredibly like dumb. Like their yeah, intelligence exactly. is just lower than me and they are no longer reasonable human beings. Like that's when it gets annoying to me. You know, the army just shows up and they're just firing away at her. You know, instead of even trying to talk to her, yeah. she won't even take the pill unless she can have some sweets with it and beam up and rock steady and their mere existence. Like it's like, all right, it's getting to a point where people are just completely unreasonably stupid all the time. Yeah. And it just feels like I don't even know. Show. <laughs> I don't even know how they got Irma out of the city and to that airport, to that abandoned airport. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Like, because, because immediately like Leo's like, I've got an idea. And it's like the next shot is April driving out of the city. And like, Oh, I hope, you know, I hope nobody's noticed Irma and like Irma's already asleep. And so it's like, how long has she been there? How did they get her out of the city? And then I was trying to like, I was trying to rationalize in my head, like, why would Leo know about this abandoned airport? And I was like, maybe they store the turtle blimp there. Yeah, that's that feels like a stretch because they use that blimp so much. Like, and, and that was, and that was what's the that, lead up time? You know, okay, so that was the thing I was thinking about in um, uh, was it beneath the streets when they use the blimp? Um, when Raph's like surveying the city, and. Uh, he detaches from the blimp and then and it's a glider it's not a jet it's a glider mm -hmm. and every time it lands how do they get it back up to the blimp because he like he, he lands it in the middle of the park i assume that they find you know we saw them push the the turtle van upstairs i assume they just like have a building that they go to and they you know, ramp it up the stairs onto the ceiling and wrangle the blimp I over guess. somehow and reattach it. Yeah, no, that's ridiculous. <laughs> now, I got to the end of this episode, credits rolled, and then I was like, wait, what were Shredder and Krang up to this entire time? Like, the whole back half of the episode, they just disappear oh, entirely. No, like. yeah, they totally do. Um, what I was kind of dumb about it was... Uh, so Krang is Krang decides he's gonna make his enlarging ray, 
but he we already know Krang has the technology. Like, why didn't you just make your molecular amplification chip? You know, oh, that, that he point. had back in Shredder Splinter. Like, why make it a ray this time? I don't know. Uh, nobody saw it, but Spencer just defeatedly threw his hands in the air. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, yeah. I have no like, idea. You're agreeing with me. So... <laughs> Yeah, but, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's enough anchovies for this pizza. So yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, why don't we uh, why don't we, why don't we bring it back around? Yeah. And I love being a turtle. So I just love the idea of the existence of a Commandos versus Cheerleaders movie. Oh yeah, Kung Fu, I would, Kung Fu Commandos. Yeah, I would I would watch a B movie with just cheerleaders fighting Commandos. Yeah. Well, I think it's it Chainsaw Cheerleaders, isn't Chain, it? Yeah, yeah, Chainsaw Cheerleaders and Kung Fu Commandos. Yeah, like, amazing. all right, give it to me. I'll watch that. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought it was funny. I One thing I thought was really funny in this is is they're trying to track Shredder down or whatever, and they're looking for someone who's been in the hospital, and Splinter's like, over there, I can I can tell oh, someone's been in the hospital That was such a funny... Like yeah. oh gee, I could I could smell the disinfectant. Also, that ambulance is double parked. <laughs> like so good. It was yeah, the ambulance. Yeah. That that one I laughed out. Like I legitimately laughed out loud because I didn't <laughs> I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Like I like it when Splinter gets sassy. Oh yeah, totally. I also like that uh like they see this guy who's in a blue cape at some point. And Leo is like ready to murder him. Yeah. But it's just, not the shredder. Yeah. It's just some random guy, but he was like ready to go. <laughs> Which like he didn't even look like shredder. No, not at all. Like, he just had a blue cape. It wasn't even a cape, it was like a trench coat. Mm-hmm. Look, man, trench coats and, and hats, fedoras, that's super suspicious. All right. Right. I guess. Yeah. 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 He wasn't wearing a giant, ugly old man baby mask. Yeah. Though to be honest, that's kind of it for my beneath these streets. I did not. It, oh. it was like a, it was a strong start to the season. It wasn't the worst episode. I just personally didn't like it. Yeah, I, I was gonna kind of say it. I don't know. I couldn't decide whether I wanted to put it in anchovies or I love being a turtle, which sounds weird. But uh, you love to hate it. <laughs> Donatello. Donatello asks Michelangelo, "Why don't you know? Isn't this when you usually say cowabunga? Like, why aren't you saying it?" And Michelangelo just says, to be honest, I'm getting kind of bored of it. And I'm yeah. like, me too, Michelangelo. I relate to that. <laughs> I'm kind of getting yeah. bored of myself, Michelangelo. <laughs> no, that was a, that was a cute joke. Mm-hmm. And then immediately like, uh, no, nah, I don't think so. <laughs> I thought Turtles on Trial had some some really good fights in the middle. Like the entire middle is that museum fight. And like what Bebop's throwing cannonballs mm-hmm. off the roof and, and Shredder like whips the shuriken through the yeah. crowd and into a display case with a bomb that explodes. But there was some, there was some slick animation. In, Hands in down. Yeah. That, and that's what I wanted to get to. This is the best animated episode since the first episode. Definitely. Like yeah. this is, I'm pretty sure this is Toei or uh, TMS. Um, like I said, I can't find the actual studios that did this, um, but I don't know if you guys are Lupin the Third fans, um, but uh, Kellerman looks a lot like 
like a Lupin character, um, especially uh, characters in Lupin Part Two. So uh, I was like, I was watching this and I'm just like, oh, this is a treat for my eyes. It looks so good. Hmm. Yeah, and there seem to be less of turtles speaking from other turtles too. Like they seem to generally stay on the ball with them in these yeah it's it's getting better it did happen in attack on attack of the 50 foot irma because i Mm -hmm. almost did put that in my notes that michelangelo does a really good impression of leo Mm -hmm. um but uh they are getting a lot better with it yeah i liked the joke of i didn't know we had middle names (laughs) yeah i didn't know we had middle names (laughs) Simply because they only have first names, especially in this series at this time, we never even, you know, had the idea of putting Hamato at the end. Yeah. And so just knowing them as, you know, Michelangelo, it's, it's, it's really funny that they, you know, that he points that out. <laughs> yeah. The first time I ever heard them use Hamato as their last name was in a, like a fan comic. It, it's called a Mutant Ninja Turtles Gaiden. And it's really, it's a really good comic and like the designs are based on the 2003 designs uh-huh. but one of them calls them they call him Hamato Leonardo and I was just like oh my god that's brilliant like yeah, I've I feel, never I feel like that's a later heard that before but I feel like that's a later like, yeah, that's so cool. like a later thing that um was kind of adopted yeah I don't think yeah. they ever did it until the 2012 series as far as like in you know not not fan material yeah yeah um I I don't really have anything written for 50 foot Irma, except that like all three of these episodes just hinge on like one crazy word MacGuffin. Yeah. Like, there's the Medi laser, <clears throat> the solar Benite and the Exoboron. They kind of get things started, but aren't necessarily important. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, 50 foot Irma, despite me not liking, you know, size changing tropes, like we talked about in shrinking turtles. Um, I actually liked this episode a lot. It was fun. It was dumb. There was a lot of good jokes in it. Um, also, it was an Irma-centric episode. Can't, you know, can't be can't be mad at that. Right. <laughs> we love Irma in this house. Well, there's for sure some people who love her, and that's good. <laughs> <laughs> there's some people in this house that love Irma. But no, it was it was fun. It was uh it was a really quick episode too. Like I don't do this, but I I had it on like I was listening to it while I was driving (laughs) and it lasted me like my entire drive home. So I was like, oh, that's cool. I don't really have anything to say about this one. There was was nothing (laughs) that uh... you didn't hate it. You didn't love it. It was it was an episode. Yeah, it it was just another giant person episode. You know, I was like, all right. Yeah, this is like every other giant person episode I've ever seen. Like it, it, it does all the same things like other giant person episodes do. But mm-hmm. for some reason, like it wasn't bad, and like yeah, it's not bad. Having it having it be Irma was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do think the physics of the Ninja Turtles universe is kind of insane. Like we've seen Michelangelo take his wooden nunchucks and bash in like a giant robot, and now mm-hmm. Irma's hair has knocked over knocks an over the television. Tub, uh, yep, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> crazy. I mean, once your hair's that heavy, maybe it's possible. I don't know. I mean, she did lose 10,000 pounds when she shrunk back down, so. <laughs> Man, I feel really bad after, like, ripping into these and anchovies, and then we just have nothing <laughs> to say. And, it, it's, and that's the thing, is, like, they're they're fun episodes, but they're not, like, they're not the best. Like, yeah, the best things I have to say about them are specifically about the animation. 
um, especially in Turtles on Trial and Attack of the 50 Foot Irma, um, because like these were two of the best looking episodes since the first one. Yeah. And we've also like these didn't introduce any new like long standing characters like the punk frogs or Weatherhead or anything. So there's like they're there, but they're not like the ones you remember when you think about this show, right? Yeah, like we didn't like we're never gonna see Professor Von Z- Professor von Zifflin again. Mm-hmm. You know. <laughs> um and yeah, like the these were just these were good, just so well animated, especially the last two. Beneath mm-hmm. these streets was kinda not the best, but like Turtles on Trial was just a treat to treat for my eyes, for my animation fan eyes. Well then, should we uh, move on to news? I think so. Yeah. This is April O'Neil of Channel Six. All right. What do you have any toy news, Mike? Huh, you know, we're recording this on April Fool's Day, so. I got nothing. We had we were all kind of joking all over the place. In fact, if you look on our Facebook page, I even got in on the fun um, with a Super Seven <laughs> Wave Five announcement. Uh, but as far as the toy news, it has been kind of quiet, except for yesterday, um, or the, sorry, the thirtieth, where NECA uh, dropped tease for their nineteen ninety movie Hamato Yoshi figure, um, dubbed the Shadow Warrior set. Uh, we don't have much information other than like it's going to have uh, Hamato Yoshi and probably young Orokusaki and a young Splinter mimicking his master's movements from his cage. Yeah, that's actually pretty so, cool. It, it, it looks really cool. Um, I think it's me personally, it is not a figure that I really am going to get because it's not central to a collection that I need. Um, it is a good filler ninja figure though for like other displays. So that 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 part of it has got me intrigued. But I really hope like I I watched that movie just the other night and like that scene with Hamato Yoshi and he's like he's like training. There's a part where he like turns his back to the camera mm-hmm. and does punches. Yeah, and he just has this elegant movement of the back. I hope they somehow like give him some sort of punching action it looks like, it looks that, really good that like serpentine uh shaking of the of the spine and, yeah. and glutes yeah i won't be able to get that kind of articulation out of a neck figure but <laughs> <laughs> but it but it's it does possible. it does it's look really one. cool um it is there is a little bit of parts reuse uh the legs are from the shredder and foot ninja figures that have already been out um the chest I don't recognize uh, is a bear. It's a bear chest. Um, so, yeah. Hopefully, we get more information on that soon. And that's B A R E, not B E A R. That's chest, correct. Right? He, is not, okay. he is not a mutant bear man. He is a <laughs> bear chested man. Reuse pieces. It's like a yogi bear action figure from yeah. like the torso <laughs> to the neck. He <laughs> uh, swiped my picnic basket. <laughs> well, yes, like basket, boo boo. Yeah. <laughs> what about comic news, Spencer? Um, we had the big IDW panel last week. Yeah, which so <laughs> it's kind of oldish news. I didn't say anything about it before, though, so I'll mention it now. That Tom Waltz is coming back on, I think, as a co-writer with Sophie Campbell. 
on the NEW series for what they're kind of considering to be an event that's supposed to start called the Armageddon Games. So that looks like it is probably going to wrap up the Pantheon uh, story arc that's been slowly building for a long time. I thought that it had already been wrapped up because I've been reading on the hardcovers. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm all the way caught up on those, but I'm just before the City of War arc. And so I thought somehow that was going to tie in and they were going to wrap that up too. I didn't know that was still something that was in the background. Yeah. Uh, and so for so for people who aren't reading the IDW comic, the Pantheon are kind of these gods of the Ninja Turtle universe, um, of which Rat King is actually a member. Um, and they've been kind of meddling in the Foot Clan and the Turtles' lives pretty much the entire time. Yeah. Uh, even going back to when they were kids in feudal Japan, uh, Kitsune, uh, one of the Pantheon, is very interested in Shredder. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it'll be exciting to see that because that's really an aspect of Turtles we've never seen them encounter before either. Like, like little, little mystic stuff here and there, but like actual gods. Yeah. Like, I think uh, they did show up in, in Tales Volume 2 just like very very briefly but like i'm super interested in like the ones i haven't seen before like uh there's a like one octopus kind of guy and like yeah they've done cool stuff with the the frog king and stuff i i don't know if you could wrap up that story but i I want more stories of them just like doing their thing you know yeah and that's what i really like about it it takes the turtles to like a new place and it's really exciting and still really cool and fun yeah. You know, Leo does a lot of like to fight the Rat King going on the astral plane uh, while right. they fight him. And it's it's a cool new element that we haven't really seen a lot of before. And so I'm I really enjoy it. Yeah, the octopus is Gathano. And then you got Manmouth, which is a man mammoth. Yeah, right. Chiyu, uh, the Rat King, Toad Baron, Jaguar. And Kitsune. And so there's, yeah, it's a really interesting. They're really cool. I'm into him. I really like the Rat King. He's kind of more like, a, he's supposed to definitely be like a, a chaos god, a trickster god. Yeah, like character. I want more, I want more of this Rat King, less of the one that we read about in Tales. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like them all, but I definitely like this one the most just because like he literally, he has lines in the IDW series that genuinely make me laugh. Also, like you know. his design, his design is just cool. He's got these like mm-hmm. snappy shoes. You know, he's got he's got uh, pinstripe pants, but like he's covered in rags and like wrappings. He just he looks so cool. Yeah, see, I, I'm the opposite. I don't I don't like his design. I like the original design a little better because it looks a little more unique to me. Like the Rat King from the IDW looks like the Rat. Like, if you told me Rat King, that's, like, the first thing I would draw, you know? <laughs> like, giant rat guy, All right. nice suit, kind of kind of roughed up, but, like, the guy covered in bandages and buckles looks a little, little different, mm. but All right. well, around, that's, you know, that's fine. Cool. That's fair. Like, I, I like them all, you know? It's like, uh, I really, like, I like nobody from, like, the Mirage verse and stuff, mm. but... Mm-hmm. 
because he's kind of a Batman knockoff, like I really love what they've done with the concept. Well, I guess with the name, at least nobody in the IDW series, like making Angel Bridge nobody and giving her the cool exosuit. Yeah. Like it's just leaps and bounds, uh, in my opinion. It's, I don't know, I just really love how they've made the character a bit more. Even, I mean, with the Red King, they haven't made it more unique, but they've, they've given it a place, I guess, in this world and made them. They feel bigger than they were before. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember where nobody's even been. Like I've been keeping up with this single issues by the IDW. And she hasn't been in it for like. Yeah, she, no, she hasn't I don't been know in there for a while. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, well, like, where I'm at, she's. I think she hasn't been in one or two issues of the last few I read, but I think after Sophie takes over, I, she probably doesn't show up at all. But yeah, I really, she's one of my favorite editions. Yeah. Yeah, like I really like, like ever ever since she started, um, when she first got the exosuit, like I, I've loved her. Yeah, like I I really want more of her. You know, if whoever's making action figures out there, like you know, make it make some IDW action figures. Give me, give me an Angel Bridge action figure, please. <laughs> and also, you're gonna have so many people who are like, who? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean you will, but throw, start throwing her in the cartoons. <laughs> yeah. Throw her in the cartoons. Like she's right. she's a cool character. Like let's I, bring her. I in. agree. Let's bring her in the cartoons. Let's put her in other places because hopefully, she's hopefully, a genius if, idea. If we get a new cartoon, you know, in the next couple of years, hopefully it is based off of IDW. Yeah, you know, hopefully it'll be us being like in news this week. A uh, new IDW based cartoon comes out. Right. Yep. Be cool. I would I would probably cry. It'd be a dream come true. Like my <laughs> just tears falling down my face. Yeah, instead of recording a podcast, we'll just like hook you up and just let you like cry for an hour straight. Yeah. <laughs> like this week's episode is Spencer ecstatic about the news. Yeah. Uh, that'll just be the bonus content. It'll just <laughs> yeah. be like me sobbing. We'll, we'll, we'll tease it in the news and then the bonus content <laughs> right, will yeah. all be all be crying. <laughs> I can't believe it. That would be that would be really cool though. <laughs> It's just such a great combination of like everything that's come before and it's just made everything bigger yep. and like share a universe. You're making me want to go start rereading it again. So yeah, I, I've been, go... re- I've been rereading it with my wife and it's, it's been, it, I just keep going back and I'm just like, man, it's so good. And just so mm. tight. Yeah. I think but... after I get this next hardcover, I'm going to start purchasing digitally to get caught up. There you go. Just collect the hardcovers from there. there you I'll go. just keep nice. collecting the hardcovers. Just because I'm, I'm sick of I'm sick of getting things spoiled for me. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. getting the trade, so. So I think I'll start doing that. So but, you're saying that I can spoil everything for both of you then? Perfect. Good to know that I have that power. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. We'll make I, that deal. <laughs> I mean, I just want to get caught up for sure before Armageddon games because I'm sure big things are going to happen. Yeah. And before and before we close up, question: All the characters that have existed before that haven't showed up in the IDW series, which one would you like to make an appearance? So wait, 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 wait. rephrase that. So the IDW series pulls from all the different universes, right? Right, right, right. So out of all these different previously existing characters that have been out there in the TMNT universe. Oh, okay. Got it. Which one would you like to see in the IDW universe that hasn't showed up yet? My answer is going to be pretty predictable. Uh, 
100% Baron Draxon and Big Mama from Rise. They are absolutely fascinating characters and literally stole the scene of every episode they were in. And uh, I would love to see more of them. And I think they, they represent they represent that kind of like monster part of like being a mutant. Um, I mean, they're not mutants, but like they're just, they're so neat and like mm. big mama being, you know, a mobster and then she runs the battle nexus and Baron Draxum like making, uh, you know, he, he makes mutants because like he interpreted a prophecy wrong like saying humanity was going to destroy all of the yokai like you know introduce that like you can even work that in with the pantheon and have that just be like a race of members i don't know that's me those are my two picks cool uh do i get two as well yeah you can pick two if you want to you can pick <laughs> cool. two uh, they're, they're baron jackson and big mama are a package so <laughs> yeah yeah my- two my two were a technicality um, for me, he, he showed up in the Mutants of Manhattan game, which is kind of based on the IDW, but Ooh, not really. Uh, yep, Armagon. Armagon. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want knew the, exactly like, who you were talking about when you mentioned I want the I want the future shark. You know, I in that game, he's kind of just like another mutant. But like, I want the time traveling, stealing stuff from the turtles kind of yep. kind of stuff from the Archie comics. I, I thought he was great in that that uh comic and i'd love to see him in this i'm actually really excited for that figure it's gonna suck but i'm I'm excited (laughs) for that figure yeah i am too looks cool yeah i really want to see nano from the 2003 series i love nano the trash robot yeah Yeah. i freaking love it and the design and just it being yeah like built up of different trash and just how he's like a child it but anyway I, I for some reason I just love the guess. characters. I, I don't know. That was the, you know that was actually the episode that had started turning me off of 2003. Oh yeah. Oh, I love I like, it because he like he grows like each mm. each episode he gets bigger and like mentally older and then eventually he joins like uh, it's the Justice Force of, yeah. of the Ninja Turtles. But yeah, he's got a cool arc through that through that series. Yeah, he's he's got a really cool arc and he's just very unique in in the idea you know just like sentient Mm. nanobots that personify and try to like create a body and are trying to like learn in this world that they're in uh i think it's a really really cool concept that is unique and i think that's really what i appreciate about the 2003 series is it doesn't feel like it always goes back to the mutant tropes it like does try to like I know that it focuses on Shredder a lot, but when it comes to other side characters, it definitely tries some new things that aren't like anything we've seen before. Well, yeah, like that was that was a Peter mandate. Like he hated mutants, apparently. Like only the turtles are mutants. Everything else is aliens. Yeah, and I I mean I like that. I mean I don't mind you know some other mutants and stuff, but I really like throwing in some other new ideas and concepts in there. You know, instead of just more mutants. You know, things like Nano or, or mm. even Touch and Go. You know, I would have liked them to explain why Touch and Go worked the way they did. But I liked <laughs> Touch and Go. Uh, I don't know. It, I, I'd like that they did that a lot. And mm. I really want to see more of that again. All right. Well, let's turn it around. And uh, for our IDW reading fans out there, uh, who would you want to see from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle universe show up in the IDW book. Let us know. 
Yeah. Hit us up on Instagram at Ninja Turtle PH. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Ninja Turtle PH as well. And Facebook at Ninja Turtle Power Hour. I think also at Ninja Turtle PH works there too. But Probably. Who uses yeah. at on Facebook? That's weird. You have to for pages. <laughs> it sucks. Yeah, but. it's strange. But. Fair enough. But all right. I think that's it. Yeah. Please like and review and subscribe. Favorite. Leave five-star reviews. Do all those things. It's fantastic. <laughs> we love it when you do. Spencer, what are we doing next week, though? Next week, we are going to be covering issues 12, 13, and 14 of TMNT Volume 1. So this is, we're, we're in a post-Kevin and Peter environment. A whole new this world. Break off. Yeah. whole new world. They break off and do their own issues. Mm-hmm. So you'll have, like, you know, Peter doing one and Kevin doing a different issue. Can't wait. Awesome. They're, they're fun ones. All right, so that's it for this week. Until next time, folks. Cowabunga. Cowabunga. Warthog power! I'm so glad you added just you know the, that joke at the end, Mike. It's it's gold. The warthog. It's, oh, our, our little just, running just gag. Your little yeah, your little gag of you know both of us saying cowabunga and then you uh, say something else. That's been one of those things you just did from the <laughs> beginning that I was like, that's genius. Yeah, it's 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 fun. Like I I love having uh like I, I love us having like our own like little unique things. Yeah. I I was before we settled on that. I was like, what if like we picked the three different things they say, like Kalabunga, Booyakasha, and Hop Soup. But I think this is, this is more fun. Yeah, I mean, I was going to... When I first did this, I actually, like, panicked because I didn't even think about how I was going to sign out mm. when I was first recording. And so that's why I just ended up... Like, in, like, from 2003, the idea of, like, it's ninja time popped in my head. But I was like, that's not good for closing out. Right. No, ninja time is <laughs> like, an opener. Yeah, yeah. like, that, that's an opener. Is it's ninja time and i couldn't think of anything else that you know like so everything from the 2003 series was gone and then i was mm-hmm. just like uh cowabunga i want to say going back to nano i i mike i completely agree with you that like it's a cool character it's a cool concept but like he's got some bad episodes yeah like, the like first one is rough especially. that 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 first episode is what turned me off of 2003 mm-hmm. like i totally understand that <laughs> like talking about him now talking about him now like that brings it up and i'm like oh yeah that was the decline right there yeah. no though um, like the creepy horror ending when he's like going daddy yeah no, like I melting it. oh i, I think it's everything up to that but like the the creepy little uh guy he's with and like yeah. his voice is awful and yeah I, it's I not know. a pleasant watch for me yeah it's but. just not i enjoy um, it <laughs> I really, I really like the character. I, and I, I loved when like he's with the Justice Force at the end mm-hmm. of the series because I'm like, what a perfect ending for that guy. Yeah, no, and like I, 
I wrote I, I don't you hate it when you like have an idea in your head and you just like almost accidentally write fan fiction in your head <laughs> yeah you know I mean, I would, I talked for like twenty minutes about a, an organic technodrome tonight. So yeah, yeah, there, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I totally like in my head was just like, wow, you could bring Nano into the IDW universe by someone trying to find a cure for Mutant City, and so they're straight up creating nanobots that will just like reconstruct everyone's DNA back to human DNA, and then someone like maliciously inserts a sentient virus into it for some reason, mm-hmm. one reason or another, sabotage or who knows what. And then it's first you first you can just have it be viral from like fast forward mm-hmm. like that virus is viral and then they yeah. defeat her and so that gets left over but then there's still some nanobots left at the programming but it's been totally reset and so it's like a child and then you bring mm-hmm. in nano anyway i get yeah so that's that was what just totally like popped into my head and i was like oh man now i have now I have that rolling around in there somewhere that's never going to happen. <laughs> I like it. I'd read it. Yeah. I'm ready for this Mutant Town stuff to be in the past, personally. But I think I, think I haven't what, read any of it, so I couldn't I think tell you. Part of, I think part of it, I think part of what makes it feel like it's taking forever is that they, they did take a couple months off for, for COVID. Mm-hmm. So like, it, the story probably should have wrapped like we should have we should already be like three months like 115 should have come out three months ago yeah yeah i think part of it too is like as i understand sophie campbell was like only on for 10 issues and then she was on for 14 and now yeah. she's on for 20 something so like i think the story she's trying to tell is getting drug out because her contract keeps getting extended right Mm-hmm. Uh, that could be it. I, I'm not sure. I, I hadn't heard that. I, I I had heard that she kept getting extended because like her she was supposed to be done back in like like last year or two. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I heard like way back when that it was like like she was just going to be on for a year and then it was going to be someone else and then I I mean well, I didn't know if it was going to be someone else or not but yeah that's what I'd heard. But I mean like some of her issues that I have read so far have been like my favorite like Karai's story. Mm-hmm. in uh in turtles universe super good that's like one of my favorite story arcs in there but I, then again i love almost every story arc i read in there but that I, one was really really good i tried reading one of uh one of our books i forget what it's called um but i tried reading wet moon wet moon it was just not good no yeah i like i don't hate what's going on with the mutant town i'm just like i'm, I'm ready for some i think forward momentum you know yeah and i think mm-hmm. yeah and and that's that's the vibe i get like when i see people talk about it on reddit and stuff like that and mm-hmm. um people want it to move forward and i get it and i i i kind of do too i like i said i, I think the storyline has gone on a little too long because like you said she keeps getting extended yeah also um mild spoilers i guess but like so sophie campbell's really into like kaiju movies yep. and she used to work on jim and the holograms and like uh toka and razor we learned that they like like they when they grow up they become humongous like kaiju and then the storyline right now is revolving around a battle of the bands which is like a jim and the holograms thing so i'm like i see your influences sophie <laughs> Sophie, Sophie knows her history. She knows what, yeah, she knows oh, yeah, what she's yeah. about. Right into her strength. 
Uh, next week, can I take number 13? Yeah, I I don't even know what the issues are. I haven't I haven't read them, them, so... Okay. So it's Survivalists, the okay. layered one, uh, The People's Choice, which is Michael Dooney's, and that one came out the month I was born, is why I'm asking to do it. So. Oh, okay. Oh. I was going to say, uh, I'll take the Dooney, but all right. Sorry. All right. <laughs> we get uh, The Unmentionables, which is a, a Eastman and Talbot collaboration. All right. Can I take Unmentionables then? Yeah. I mean, I like all three of those. I'll take Survivalists. I am into all of them. All right. Cool, cool. I'm gonna head to bed. Yeah, yeah I gotta week. open. A, I gotta open a window. It is super hot in here. Yep, it's time to to check out. See you guys. All right. See Take you next care. Week. Bye. Take care. Bye.